What's good, U of M? It's your boy, Professor Brendan, here with Professor Tino. What's goody? Unfortunately, we're still on Zoom, but hopefully this is the last time. Hopefully, June 12th, the restrictions ease and they never come back. You know, Fingers crossed. You know, quote unquote, end of COVID. Hopefully, uh, it's just all, yeah, the third wave ends and there's no more waves. And it's just, you know, everyone gets vaccinated and we slowly phase out COVID. That is the hope. What are they saying about the second vaccine or the second dose? Well, actually, funnily enough, today, so it is Monday, this will episode will come out Thursday. Uh, it moved that if you got vaccinated before May 1st, you can get your second dose. Oh, that's good. That's really good. I got vaccinated on the 16th, I think. So that's that's good news. Yeah, All right. it's, it's moving fast. That being said, I actually, while I was vaccinated on May 7th, I actually got vaccinated last Friday or my second vaccination because... Um, there were some extra ones at a random superstore way in East Kildona. And so I drove the 30 minutes there and got the second needle. And uh, weirdly enough, man, um, like first dose, sore arm, that's it for 24 hours. I had a sore arm for three hours max. Like I, like honest to God, no side effects and barely a sore arm. Oh. Uh, so I feel bad for the people that have been just like ravaged by the second dose. That's, oh, that's beautiful to hear. I mean, was it just, how did you find out though? Like, was it just a random drop on, on Twitter or like? How yeah, did Reddit. It, yeah, so Reddit. Stuff on Reddit that uh, Superstore on Gateway might has Moderna. That's the other thing. Like that's the, I guess, quote unquote, good thing about Moderna is that there's been a lot of extra vaccines for Moderna. Like there's, ne there's never going to be extra doses for Pfizer because everyone has Pfizer. But because uh, Moderna has been like administered a lot less in Manitoba, there's just been a lot of extra doses. I mean, that's how I got, yeah, that's how I got vaccinated the first time. Like I wasn't eligible, but because it was like a specifically a clinic that's a point, like all its appointments with Pfizer and then they randomly got Moderna instead. A lot of people canceled the appointment. They didn't want Moderna. So there's just extra for me. And uh, yeah, I've just been lucky. So I got vaccinated exactly 28 days since my first vaccination. Yeah, I'm all good now. Let's go. Let's get this summer going. I'm excited. Um, yeah. I'm thinking I'm, it's feeling positive feeling very positive I mean I know there's been a whole bunch of cases and you know it's been very bad over the past couple of weeks but there's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel yeah um we'll get back on COVID probably uh talking about cases and restrictions probably at the end of the podcast because in 10 minutes they're going to drop the daily cases and I want to throw that number out here it's supposed to be low so here's hoping but um more specifically on I guess fun topics per se um mm. I want to ask you, I want to update the listener on how this week has gone on being vegetarian. And I got to say, physically never felt better. And I can't, I can't tell though if that's because of the vegetarian diet or also because I decided to start running like three to four K every morning and also working out. So maybe it's a bit of both. Uh, the vegetarian diet's weird. The toughest part has been forgetting that I'm vegetarian like one day I actually made wings for lunch and I sat down with them like wait I'm dumb I can't eat these and just again because I'm so picky I haven't had a proper meal I've just been yeah it's just all snacks really and the other funny thing is I haven't had a vegetable this past week um that's not by choice that's just like it just randomly worked out like that but I'll tell you right now Tino it's been <laughs> wait 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 okay wait wait Hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. Can you say that last bit? Like, like you haven't had a vegetable? Is that what you said? I just yeah. 
so it's it's funny that's a vegetarian <laughs> diet but i haven't had a vegetable and i will it's not that i don't like vegetables it just it just happened to work out that i haven't had a vegetable that's all i'm saying what have you been eating then yeah okay so it's been honey nut cheerios lots of milk cherries pistachios almonds pizza pop bites and um yeah actually that is it yeah like that some mac and cheese but yeah Ugh. like ne like i never have i sit down for dinner with my family and they've been making like fancy meals that I, like and they've been vegetarian i'm just not i'm just a picky eater i'm, a picky eater. I'm dying i'm dying brendan i'm literally dying i'm like you said it with your chest too you you said it with your chest so matter of factly you were just like the funny thing is i haven't even actually had a vegetable yet just just so matter of fact Oh. <laughs> I'll eat some baby carrots after this podcast. I, I will. I'll do it. Oh, I, my it word. Just, oh, lots of cherry tomatoes too, with a ton of salad dressing. But yeah, no, like it's just it's just weird. It's just a lot of snacking. And um, I guess I've been, yeah, I don't know, just just a weird <laughs> diet because I can't eat meat. That's like half my diet before. So now that being said, again, I feel physically great and not to get gross, but my bowel movements have been amazing. So I might actually keep this going, maybe not go full vegetarian, like maybe like meat once a week, but like I, I could definitely see myself keeping this up just to like physically feel good. I mean, it's true. You don't want to get carried away. You don't want to, you don't want to take it too crazy. I, <laughs> okay. What, what else did you have for us? What had, is that your update on the vegetarian diet or was there more? Yeah. I mean, I guess I also cut out alcohol. That's probably another reason why I've been feeling so good. Um, that so yeah, helps. physically feel great, mentally feel awful, but I, I, again, maybe this Saturday restrictions come off a little and I can get back to, well, we can start this summer. That's true. That's true. I'm very excited. So, at least. Tell me about your weekend. I mean, it's hot as hell out Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Goodness, my weekend was actually really good. So I have been spending, you know how much I love spending time in the sun. I think the sun recharges me. It's just, it does something very special to me. So it was very hot this weekend. So like Brendan said, Monday today and the last Saturday, very, very hot. I think it went up to 36, maybe even 38. Yep. Mm -hmm. I just, I was in the sun for like six, seven hours and I was just there getting burnt, getting recharged. It was amazing. Um, I did that Saturday. I did it Sunday as well, a little bit, a bit, even though it was cooler. So yeah, that was pretty much me. I spent the day playing on my kalimba. I already told you about this earlier. Yeah. And then I also read books out there. So just me on my balcony getting burnt and recharged. Nothing fancy or special. So yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about, though. That's what summer's all about, just enjoying the sun. We don't get it that much. It's yeah. So, yeah. Right. Just a relaxing weekend for me, just enjoying the sun. But I have a question for you, Tino. Mm. So you can say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening as greetings, right? Like if you, let's just say you're working at Walmart as a greeter, you would be able right. to say those things. What what do you say when it's nine o'clock at night? Like, because they're open to 11. So like from nine to 11, what are you supposed Because you can't say good night. And why is that? Why can't I say, you know, why is good morning, good afternoon, good evening, a greeting, but good night is not a greeting? Hmm. Now that's an interesting question. Hmm. What? Hmm. Hmm. And I guess, okay, that's just how English has worked. And like, that's just how it is. But then what do you say from nine to 11? Because like, it's definitely not the evening anymore, really past eight. How goes it? How do you do? <laughs> um, what's up? 
but yeah, those are three options, I guess. But good evening yes. is a farewell. That's a good point that you've raised. Now I'm now I'm thinking about it too much. Why do you do this to me? Hi, good evening. How are you doing? But hi, good night. How are you doing? Like that doesn't work. <laughs> That's not it. That's not the line. <laughs> They'd probably look at you funny if you did that. <laughs> and and that's also funny because like good morning, good evening good afternoon could also be how to say goodbye just like good night all you have to do is put have a in front of it have a good morning have a good afternoon have a good evening and then now it becomes a swear saying goodbye english like i saw a meme that said english isn't a language it's multiple languages pretending to be a language so that, maybe that answers your question i that one over me. yeah Okay, I'll take that answer. Um, another thing I want to bring up is why, why is it if you're good at drinking games, you don't drink? Someone messed up there. Did they though? Because I, I, I feel like that's the point. You get the other people drunk first and then your coordination is still good. It's exponential. Mm. Yeah, okay, a little bit. But I mean, the people who aren't good at drinking games probably can't really handle their liquor anyways that's why they're bad at drinking games they don't have the experience of drinking so now it's just for them it's exponential as well it's the other way it's bad in a bad way it's the people that want to get drunk that are good at drinking games and they're not getting drunk and the people that don't want to get drunk are bad at drinking games and they're getting drunk so i feel like there could just easily be a switch and then both parties are happy Okay, is that your new proposal for beer pong after the pandemic? Is that your change for drinking games after the pandemic? What are the um, new, what are the new yeah. beer pong rules? I guess <laughs> I just want to find more drinking games where if you're good at it, you drink more. Yeah, I guess beer pong doesn't, we can't change the rules of beer pong to where like, if you're good, you drink. Yeah, I don't know. Unless maybe actually if you hit a cup, you drink that cup. So you still want to win the game, right? Bragging rights, all that, and show you're good. But yeah, you're hitting... Honestly, wait, hold on. I just figured this out. Yeah, on the spot. You just fill up the opponent's cups with your alcohol and you go and drink it yourself when you hit it. There you go. And, wow. and, then, and then you're you're trying to get it in so that you can have a drink. Okay. Yeah. Slash, you just want to win anyways. And then actually, and then it becomes a handicap. And throughout the night, now the people who are good at drinking games become worse and everyone's more at an even playing field throughout the night. And it's just a lot more fun because it's not some, well, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm good at beer pong. It's not me just beating up on everyone the rest of the night because I'm not liquored up and everyone else is. I don't know. You know what's next now in the scientific discovery process? Um, we have to run trials. So we have to mm. play beer pong a whole bunch of times uh, for, this, for, <laughs> for research and progress. I'm, I'm bringing this to my friend. I'm bringing this to my <laughs> friends this summer. They're going to they're gonna be the test dummies. I will honestly let you know uh, at the beginning of September, Tino, uh, how how my friends made out with me bringing these, forcing these rules on them. Honestly, we're at the forefront of scientific discovery right now. We're just figuring things out, coming to conclusions. We are professors, so this <laughs> really makes sense that we also do research outside of the classroom, it's like every true. other. We are professors. It works. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. Um, what did you have other stuff to bring up? Yeah, you have a you have a shop at Superstore. I have a shop at Superstore. Hat, like you do you shop at Superstore? I ever shop at Superstore. I haven't no, I haven't shopped at Superstore since it's been a minute now. No, yeah. Why? 
because do you know like their brand no name brand right right so i didn't realize i'm kind of stupid no name brand is a brand i just i don't know i never thought of it like that i'm like oh if you don't want to buy a brand you buy no name but then it's like but that is a someone told me that is a brand though i'm like wait <laughs> it is. Oh so <laughs> that kind of blew my mind but i'm like oh shoot <laughs> It's 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 actually a really good branding. What is it? Isn't it like bright yellow or something like that? And then it's like black font. It's really good branding. I have to I have to give it to Superstore. Well, yeah, and then like so there's other place. I guess I just thought like every grocery store is own brand. So like I believe Safeway is like Great Selections or something, or and like Walmart has its own brand. Um, I just always assumed it's like oh, if you didn't want to buy a brand, that's what you buy. But I never like connected with me. That's like that's the grocery store's own brand. It is a brand. Yeah. Stupid. But yeah, just wanted to get that off my chest and out myself as being stupid. Honestly, that's good. It's very healthy. It uh, <laughs> it does something for your brain. I think being self aware. Yeah. So <laughs> very important. No, that's actually very interesting. I think Superstore has multiple brands too. Hey, they have that President's Choice or something. President's. Right. What is it? Something. Yeah. yeah, I think it, it might be. So, yeah, I was just not thinking. But I'll let you get into the big subject you want to talk about. We'll get off these silly topics, talking about well, something more real. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, big topic for sure. I just, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, the residential schools and kind of, you know, just have a conversation about it just for myself as somebody who is not from Canada in any sense. You know, I as we've spoken about before, I only moved here three, four years ago now. So, you know, this is all very new to me. And as kind of people have said in the past and, you know, consistently, you know, Canada has a very good image. Not that it doesn't deserve a good image. I mean, Canada is fantastic to live in. I should know. Um, But, you know, the residential school stuff, the mistreatment of Indigenous people, it's not really something that anyone really wants to put, like, kind of at the forefront I don't know if that sounds right, but it's not something that people are advertising. Surely it's recognized and, and acknowledged and all that, but it's not something that people want to lead with just because it's such a terrible thing. Anyhow, um, I kind of wanted to bring that in the context of the monarchy as well, because <clears throat> as we all know, uh, Canada is a constitutional monarchy. The queen has a very big part to play in Canadian society, even though it's a very ceremonial role a very kind of traditional role she doesn't actually do anything I don't think she's been here since I don't know what since the 80s maybe even 90s it's been a minute since she's been here but I was curious Brennan about your take of um, the monarchy in Canada does it have a place in Canada should it stay just because it's you know ceremonial how how, what's your take on the monarchy and Mm-hmm. All that. It's, it, again, I, I did want to point out that this is an easy conversation, not, not easy, but easier conversation to have because it's not at the forefront of political thought in Canada, I don't think. So, no, 100%. If you don't mind, actually, I quickly want to touch on residential schools and then hmm. we get to that question. Um, as someone who, because like you said, you've been here for four years now, as someone who went through the Canadian educational system, um, hmm. the tragedy in Kamloops this, uh, that occurred two weeks ago. Uh, it really opened my eyes that, um, you know, it's not talked about in school enough. I learned about it in grade six for like one period and we never talked about it again uh, until I was in university where, this is when I took English class in my third year, we read a book that took place at residential schools about, it was written by 
um, an indigenous author who then who actually experienced you know residential schools and um, it, it's just like it's not yeah you're right it's not talked about enough and I I would love to see you know it be taught to children in schools more like more like I I, I learned about it once and then uh, you know it was never really talked about again so um, that's just my personal take I think it really needs to come be taught in the Canadian educational system a lot more. Do you know what? Just on that point, before you continue, that's uh, I find that to be insane for myself mm-hmm. personally. Like I, I actually didn't know that. Like I was aware of residential schools, and I was, um, you know, I've, I've, I'm kind of sort of aware of the, the, the mistreatment of Indigenous peoples and First Nations, and just you know the early settlers, and just some of the problems that have happened in the past, and all that. But it came to me as a complete shock and surprise. And I might be a little bit mistaken here, but are these the first kind of, because they used radar technology and all that stuff, but this kind of seems like the first time people are kind of recognizing it nationally that this was a thing that happened. Is that sort of the case or has something like this happened before where they've found a mass grave and you know people have kind of been brought uh, to their awareness about residential schools? No, I definitely say there's been other instances where we discuss residential schools, it, it quote unquote blows up. This has just definitely been the most, the biggest and the most shocking. And, you know, before it was like, oh, um, I'll just give an example, like not, not a real one that, that I remember, but it was, it was something a lot less than 250 dead bodies. It, it was something as much as, um, oh, you know, reports have now come out on this specific residential school and the abuse that happened there, you know, and then it kind of gained some maybe provincial news where it's like, oh my God, we just found this out now, but nothing as big as this, you're right. That's why it's now nationally making the news. And um, again, the, with the residential schools period, you know, I, I obviously found out and learned more about them outside of my own, outside of school on my own, but just the fact that it was only to me and maybe other people had different experiences with their Canadian Canadian education system. I mean, I moved around a lot. It was only in grade six once we watched a film about it and that was it. So wow. Sorry. I was just like, that's just so insane because do you know what happened when, when I first found out it was a news alert on my phone and it was a headline, obviously 215 bodies or mass grave, whatever, whatever I read it. And it was sort of, I read it and I was like, I kind of, not that I brushed it off, but I was just like, oh, okay, this isn't, it didn't come as a shock or a surprise to me. It it was like, it was sort of like, it kind of felt it was like, like it was one of those things that was very routine, those things that just happened because, you know, we all, not that we all knew, but like residential schools are a very big part of how Canada was and operated for a long time. I just thought it was something that has probably happened before, that they've probably found mass graves before, that this was just another iteration, that um, it was just another thing that was happening. But that was, that's just, it's just been so, so surprising for myself just to learn that, um, you know, not so much that more people are becoming aware and I think it just speaks to how we need to do more about talking about it and and all that stuff, which is just, it's insane. It's insane. And it's just so incredibly sad, I think. Yeah. I don't think a mass grave has ever been really found before. So like, that's why it's a lot more shocking too. But I think it was definitely well understood from many individuals, the amount of abuse abuse that went on in those schools and uh, sexual assault. And um, again, yeah. 
to to only really understand it though from reading a book in my English class like uh, that's just not good enough you know Canada needs to do more than talk about these things hundred percent but yeah monarchy question the monarchy so <laughs> let's move to a little more lighter subject the monarchy where do I I'm fine with the monarchy I like it um yeah it's, it's not actually doing anything for Canadian politics per se and uh, yeah, maybe it's just because that's the way I've grown up. You know, the queen's always on the coin. Um, maybe, maybe it becomes something different once she uh, leaves this world, because then it's like, okay, now we can have that conversation. Like, wait, well, it's funny, Tino. Actually, like the picture of the queen was in the old Jets arena for like thirty years, and it was just iconic. Um, and that picture is probably somewhere in the museum right now. But um, it's just kind of like something that was always here, so it's just always easier to go with it. And if it's not affecting anything, why why put in the effort to get to do rid of it? I guess is my opinion on it. Yeah, no, I think I find that that's a very common take too. And I think we've spoken about this before and I, I don't remember exactly what I said. It'd be interesting to hear what I said uh, back then. But I think I find that it's very, like you said, it's a very kind of small part. It's a, it's a small remnant of what, it used to be it used to be a much larger thing and it's sort of just there now um and i think the biggest challenge with the monarchy at least the way that i see it is the role that it plays in sort of the fiction of the government of canada and everything that goes with that because you know the queen quote unquote is the one that passes laws is the one that you know assents them and makes them legal and whatever else and and, and all that stuff and it would obviously be a constitutional nightmare to figure out who's going to replace the queen if the queen was gotten rid of, or rather the monarch. I think the monarch is a better term because the queen's gonna die, but the monarch still stays and all that stuff. Um, I think it's sort of, a, a, it's very similar to kind of the debate on statues and things that are named mm -hmm. for um, Confederate leaders, I think maybe, mm -hmm. Confederate, mm -hmm. but the other people. Um, in the United States in that some people argue that we should, they should keep the names and it should be a remembrance. So, and other people say we shouldn't keep things that are not very good. Um, I think for myself personally, I'm a little on the side of we shouldn't keep things that are not good because while Elizabeth herself and her children and her husband, Philip and whatever else, they're not really bad people per se, but it's the exact same institution institution and the same company that pretty much said that the atrocities that happened with residential schools, with everything else was okay. Like it was the same institution that pretty much signed off on it, right? Was it them that said, literally just those people that were like yes this is perfect this is fine um was the people stamping things at buckingham palace no it was their agents but it was the same company in in very much in like literally it was exactly the same company the exact same institution and i think that needs to be addressed instead of kind of at least my view is that it shouldn't just be a matter of us saying you know it doesn't do anything it's just there for show i think if it's there for show it should be fully addressed but that's a long ramble on my take kind of seems like you have a couple of things to say to that <laughs> yeah because i guess the counterpoint being um okay like the canadian government also signed off on residential schools and all that um so like kind of do you dismiss the canadian government i mean i'm not to go to the yeah i guess just like bad things do happen in this world uh it's one thing and then as long as i guess yeah 
there's just I don't know what the right thing is to do in that situation. Uh, do you just cancel completely the the monarchy, or do you do you acknowledge like yeah? Do as long right if they acknowledge it and like apologize for it, like can you then continue to live with it kind of thing? It's it's just a tough thing. You know? It, it, it is. It's a very tough thing. And I, I absolutely take that point that, yes, the Canadian government signed off, the Canadian government whatever said it was fine. For me, I think there's a key difference between, and that's sort of kind of the reasoning that, um, and when it first popped up with the whole Duchess, with the whole Megan thing, I don't know if you caught wind of that. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That might have, been, might have been the reason why we talked about this in the first place. But when that first was brought up, um, the prime minister, Justin Trudeau, he said, well, you know, the, all these institutions have done bad things in the past, even the Canadian government, even, our, uh, even yeah, you know, the Canadian government. What's important now is reconciliation and, and all that stuff. The important difference for me, the key difference, the largest difference is that with the Canadian government, Brendan, in 2023 or whatever point, you're going to be, you're going to come to a point where you decide who's the prime minister, right? There's going to come a point where you say, you cast your vote, you decide who you want the prime minister to be, you have your say on who should be in charge of the country. And everybody else has a say on who should be in charge of the country. Technically not true, actually. That's the good thing about Canadian politics. Is I'm voting for my specific MP. I don't, or not, yeah, member of parliament. I'm I couldn't care less who the leader is. I, I vote who's going to represent me the best. But I see, I guess I technically see your point. But even then, what? No, I would cheer for a minority government and there is no. Okay. Leader, okay. okay. I will take, I will take the point that you only vote for your MP and then, you know, maybe the MP will have. Ah, I take the point that you vote for MPs and MLAs and, and you vote regionally and all that. Really? But I would counter argue that point and say that most often, uh, people yes. vote with a political party. People will vote with a brand more than they will with the specific MP. Yep. That said, that said, I think my point, the one that I was still trying to drive to is that you have a say on who the leadership is. Mm -hmm. um, whereas with the monarchy, it was you ordained don't. by God, you know? And it's one of those things where I'm, I'm not trying to come after God here. Like I'm not, I'm not about that, but it's one of those things where it's like, Okay, so you've been chosen and you've been, and that's just it for life. That's like, that's a very questionable system. It's well, a until it's a revolution. <laughs> well, you know, there's been revolutions. So it's a very, it's, a, it's kind of like, really, we're here, we're in 2021, and these people are, are, are here because they were chosen by God. Like, mm -hmm. that's, that's the reasoning we're still using. Like, we don't use that, we don't use that for, for, for the government. So it's just, it's very, it's very murky for me that way. If it was an institution like the Canadian government where people have a choice, where people have a say, I think it's a very, very completely different story. So I don't know. That's my yeah. difference. And the, the, the ordained by God thing is, is a very much a sticking point for myself. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to discuss this because I don't actually know how much power the monarchy actually have because like, yeah, you know england has its own parliament they have a government that actually runs the country so it I, really just seems like they do nothing but yes the people in england are paying you know fees towards that but some people like it because they say like we like keep it's it's entertainment like they like they're like i'm more than happy to pay you know my dollar of taxes towards the monarchy to get this kind of tradition and 
to have Buckingham Palace look nice and to be a tourist attraction. Who knows? England probably brings in a lot of money just because they have a monarchy and it's all flashy. And you know, I think there's a lot of revenue in this anyways. <laughs> Oh, there is. I mean, that's one of the reasons they're they're a very wealthy family, right? That's the that's the whole thing is that their wealth's been passed on and on and on and on and on and and what have you. I think in terms of people, some people do want the monarchy, right? Like hands down, there's absolutely no one. I mean, some people, not absolutely no one, but some people heavily are advocates for the monarchy. Like they very much want it, and that's perfectly okay. Like that's that's fantastic, and that's perfectly fine. In terms of how much power the monarchy has, it's it's debatable, but typically uh, the first minister will have more power. So, you know, typically what would happen is that the representative of the government tells the queen what to do, essentially. So she's very much a figurehead. It's called responsible government, if you're ever interested. Um, do you happen to know how Canada could get rid of the monarchy if it wanted to? uh a lengthy process of yeah like confederating just kind of like the united states have i don't think there'll be a whole war over it of course not these days but i mean just like how brexit happened really you'd probably have to go referendum in canada to leave monarchy and then uh, yeah i don't know you'd think huh no you you it's not uh, it's not up to the people it <laughs> <laughs> they're really like that's just the thing too like it's not it's not it's very wise people that know exactly what they're doing you have to get the consent unanimous consent of all um what is it, is it 14 provinces uh 14 uh, uh provincial legislatures and you have to get the consent of parliament to do it uh so it's not it's not really up to the people and it's very hard to leave too because there isn't that many people that want to leave in the first place um there's people that are just very indifferent and you know they're like well it's whatever why should we do anything about it so politicians will never pick it up as a you know campaign thing promise whatever and also the very very few people that do want to keep the monarchy have more power because you need unanimous consent of all the legislatures and if just one says no then there's no the monarchy stay, stays so uh, just being a big meaning correcting you 10 provinces three territories <laughs> ah no that's fine that's fine like i said i'm not from these parts <laughs> yeah, um, yeah unanimous consent yeah uh why don't we move on to some um soon news just to wrap this up I had, it's funny oh, this oh. was supposed to be a quickie and now uh <laughs> no, it's turning into a full episode and i don't know how good the audio quality is over zoom but that being said, Amsu News is quick this time. Nah, not many updates except maps. So uh, Manitoba Alliance of Post-Secondary Students uh, has finally met you know, Red River, UMGSA, Amsu, and we've been able to lock down meetings with all of the um, different political parties. So the NDP, Wab Kanu, the leader, uh, Minister um, Eichel, no, she's Minister of Wasco's, financial uh, minister uh, for the conservative party and then the liberal caucus uh, we're all meeting with them uh, hopefully in July and uh, yeah it's just it's just pretty cool to get the ball rolling on provincial advocacy but I mean yeah we just finished the vaccination campaign and went pretty well I'm actually very pleased with how it went and I think we're very close to 70 percent I know we're over 70 percent vaccinated for 18 plus 
but we're like over 65% for 12 plus two. And actually on that note, the they did announce the numbers, the lowest they've ever been in months, Tino. Uh, we got 196 in Manitoba. So that is like, that's like half of what we had yesterday and 111 in Winnipeg. So um, yeah, very much coming down and exciting. Very good. Yeah, no, that's good. When this podcast releases on Thursday, they most likely will make an announcement on what the new restrictions will be. And hopefully it's not a stay at home order. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, hopefully they don't uh, relax and you know take things easy now that it's kind of looking better. But have you seen, actually, uh, not to drag this out any further, but it's always fun to talk about current events. Uh, have you seen the uh, whole thing with the nurses wanting to strike? I haven't been really following it, but... I, are they striking? Do they want to strike? Do you know? I think, I think they are striking currently. Are, are yes. they currently striking? I, I honestly, I haven't seen. I've just seen like rumor. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, maybe we'll bring this back next step. So we'll actually look into it. That's... Good call. I've just seen tweets about it and how doctors are writing letters in support of the nurses striking and all this stuff. And um, mm. I do want to say this, like you said, uh, you hope that the restrictions don't come off too fast. Yeah, I yeah. like this. Here's how I, how I feel about it. If we're 70% vaccinated at some point, maybe it's 80%. We're not, that's the highest I'll go. There's enough like anti-vaxxers in this province, like more than they have a 10% vaccine rate. They like, they don't want to get vaccinated. So at what point do you say like, okay, yeah, we're at 80% of the province, but this is our max. And now, okay, we can fully open because everyone who is going to get vaccinated is vaccinated. And then the second thing is, um, answer that question first, but I will pose the second question and you can answer it later. Yeah. Uh, what do you do to make those people get vaccinated? Is it vaccine passports? Is it then saying like, okay, everyone that's vaccinated, you can go back to normal life. People who aren't, no, you can't go into restaurants. You can't go to bomber games. You can't go to Jets games. You can't go to the grocery store. And, and you force them to get vaccinated because I, you know, it's the same as like the polio shot, you know, those <laughs> People who don't get their polio shot aren't allowed to go to school. So we should definitely be doing the same with the COVID shot. You know, when school's out, school's going to remain online for the rest of the June and then summer. So come September, I'd love to see the province say, like, unless your kid is vaccinated with the COVID shot, you're not coming to school. Anyways, answer that first question first about, like, at what point do you just open everything up? Because technically everyone's vaccinated. True. That's a good point. I mean, good question. I mean, the it's hard and I'm obviously I'm no um, immunologist or whatever, or like, you know, scientist in this field. I think because there are people that won't want to get vaccinated, like you've noted, I think, and if I remember correctly, they did say maybe 75, 80% would be herd immunity and we can be good with that. Please fact check that before you, before you use it as information. Um, but it's hard because, you know, vaccine passports and all that stuff bring a whole lot of concerns and everything else but I almost feel like there isn't too much of a choice but vaccine passports because just that risk of variants and variants that make people sick even though they got the double vaccination that would just set us back so far I mean if we ever if there's variants and we have to lock down completely again because we don't have a vaccine and all that stuff like I don't know I'm, I'm not sure that's a risk that um, we should entertain especially because we know the effects of the vaccine and all that stuff. But I don't know. What's your take? Oh, you're, I, I guess you already went into your take a little bit. Um, 
Yeah, well, actually, I guess I want to like have you talk still more about restrictions that like, you know, I'm, I'm of the opinion, like when we're eight, again, we don't, we won't know for sure what the cap is in Manitoba. Like, again, there is a lot of anti-vaxxers here. Like, I tru- truly believe like once this province is 80% vaccinated first dose and maybe like whatever, like if we start to plateau with the f- first vaccinations, I think the province says like, okay, this is as many people as we're going to get vaccinated without, you know, forcing them to let's fully reopen. Like, that's my opinion on it because I think like, why are we punishing the people who are fully vaxxed now? Um, you know, obviously, yeah, like you're right. Don't go fast and furious because you're only something like 70% immune with the first dose. But, but I think like, honestly, once you get to 40% second dose people that you can just say open the province because we're, we're good now. Um, yeah. I mean, at some point, we will actually have to do that where we just say, okay, yeah, there's no one else that's going to come unless we absolutely force them. So we're going to have to get it going. But I wonder, because like, what did you say it was modern or whatever, modern, where they only have 10% vaccinated? Yeah. But that's very, that's very concerning. I mean, that, and that's been a problem this whole time in Manitoba too. We've been having protests, uh, you know, anti-lockdown stuff, anti-mask stuff, anti vaccine stuff now so i don't know that's very concerning especially the variants the variants are very very concerning so maybe the the passport thing is or the pass or whatever is the solution but yeah i guess i'm saying like why like if more more than it's going to stay at 10 percent, so why are we being punished with restrictions because they're getting cases like when we're all good in winnipeg so like that's why i think like they're breaking restrictions anyway so i would say in terms of restrictions just open it all up and then, and then you can bring in the passport, say like, okay, everything's open just for people who are vaccinated. Instead of just always being in restrictions, waiting around till cases go down. Um, yeah, but yeah, going back to this passport thing, I don't know what you have as a health card, um, but like, yeah, the Manitoba health card, it's paper. One of the only provinces to have paper, like when I lived in Alberta and Ontario, like it was like a driver's license, your health card. Yeah. So, of course, mine's beat up because it's gone through the wash a bunch, but um, because it's paper and they're just this province is cheap. But my idea was you give everyone, everyone that's been COVID vaccinated can get a plastic card. And that is a way of showing people that you were vaccinated. If you went to a restaurant um, and instead of creating just a, even a separate card that says like this, you've been vaccinated, just give everyone that's been vaccinated a Manitoba health card that is plastic. And then you just carry it around like a driver's license. And now you have your health card on you and your technical passport instead of two different cards. And that's my opinion on how you can kill two birds with one stone. We now catch up with other provinces and having a plastic card for a health card while also having a passport. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. I think something like that should have been, I think should have been implemented kind of at the beginning almost um, where we would have just, we should have just recognized 100% there's people that are not going to come. Let's hand out, um, you know, identifiers, plastic cards, what have you, when people are getting vaccinated. Um, In the future as well, I think it's important that we also explore like digital pass type things. That's kind of, you know, digital security is very secure, security secure, bad sentence. But um, using that and just having people carry their phones around because, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, we can't keep, you know, stay in lockdown because people don't want to get vaccinated. Um, But also if there's, you know, access concerns of which I'm very happy to note that I have not been aware of too many access concerns. 
um, with the vaccine and all that. I think maybe they've done a good job. I'd like to look into that before I comment on that, but hopefully they've been, a do they've been doing a good job with uh, Northern communities and uh, making sure everybody has equal access and all that stuff. So, you know, passport, I'm pro passport, I guess. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's the way forward. It's just only opening the province up to people who are vaccinated and very much so, especially for like bomber games and all that. I don't know if private business owners would want that, but you know, bomber games, big public events. We don't yeah, need fakes. Yeah, I guess anything. Hmm, yeah, because you can't really control everyone. But yeah, just just making life normal for people who are vaccinated and just a lot more limited for people who aren't. Um, you can control everyone. You just <laughs> <laughs> it's not advisable. No, it's not. That's where you get revolutions like we were discussing. <laughs> do you want to have a revolution, Brendan? Should we? <laughs> no, let's not let's start saying that. Yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, if the revolutions don't come off this Saturday, I might have to. But that being said, <laughs> we'll wrap up this podcast. Um, actually, it's funny. I saw a TV on Kijiji for sale. One dollar. Um, you know, the volume was broken, though. It's stuck oh. all the way up. Uh, and I said, I can't turn this down. I did, that, that didn't come through. I didn't get that. I did not. Oh my God, Kay, I'm going to have to say this joke again. Yeah, <laughs> it out. I was on Kijiji. Yeah. And I found the TV for $1. Okay. And it was broken though. That's why it was a dollar. The volume was stuck all the way up. And right. I thought to myself, I can't turn this down. Is, is the joke that you can't turn it down? I, like it's a deal it's a dollar tv i can't turn down this deal but then i also can't turn down the volume right right you know what that's good that's see now i'm the one who feels stupid so thanks that's okay <laughs> that's like, whatever just keep all this in jared it doesn't even matter anymore <laughs> it's because we're not in the same room i can't it's just part of whatever but soon, soon. trust yeah, well the song of the week this week uh, is Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. She's the girl on TikTok from High School Musical, the musical, the series. Um, and wait, High School Musical, the musical, the series. Yeah, that's exactly what it's called. And she released her banger album and Good For You is my favorite song off it. A lot of my friends have been saying it's the song of the summer. And she also has two other good songs, Deja Vu and uh, Driver's License. Everyone knows Driver's License. It's a beauty, you know, because you live under a rock and aren't really on TikTok. But I enjoy living under a rock. I was gonna say, funny story before we wrap up because yep. there's always a funny story. Do you you've obviously watched Toy Story, right? Um, yeah. Do you remember that scene at the end of Toy Story? I think it might have been Toy Story two, where the guy, I think he was like a what kind of toy was he? He was like an old man, um, and he was in his box with the two Barbies. At the yeah, end the prospector. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? Apparently, yeah. they took that scene out because it was inappropriate. So, oh wow yeah they cut wow, it up yeah. yeah so what that was, what was inappropriate about it uh, so i think okay i it, it, they, they very much implied that oh, i get it now uh, oh yeah. just like he's old and he's playing on the young boy he's okay fair he's, enough he's old and he's saying i can get you his line oh. Now I remember the line. Yes, like I, yeah, okay. Now I can I remember, thing yeah. in Toy Story three. Um, so they took that out, but we noticed. By we, I mean the internet. So I just wanted yeah. to make sure that that gets reverberated back into the internet <laughs> so that no one, no one misses it. We're on to you, Disney. We're watching. Yeah. 
you can still well that wasn't part of the movie like that was like an end credit scene you know just a little fun thing at the end like it wasn't actually part of the movie so if you really want to look it up you could just find it on yeah youtube but it's pixar or disney sorry <laughs> it's pixar okay i will stand corrected okay i'm done with the stories i'm done okay all good well that's all the time we have for this week tune in next week for another episode of the umsu 1020 podcast yeah. um yeah don't forget to spread good vibes good vibes only peace your apathy is like a wounded soul maybe i'm too emotional